elevation, get it money, education, get it money, alignment, get it money, healing, get it money, hey, get it money, hey, hey, get it money, get it money, get it money. All right, hello, hello, hello. What's up, what's up? So before we start this episode, first of all, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to express gratitude for everything. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, also, if you are enjoying the content, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. You use Spotify, like, you know, give me some love, show me some love, press like on that YouTube video, leave some comments, let me know that you enjoy it, all right, okay, cool, enjoy it, peace. Hello, hello, welcome to the Oasis 13. It's your host, Mini Money, and we have a special guest today, Dr. Karam. We are talking about education, uh, working with children. I would say mentoring, but he said not to use the word mentoring, so we're going to ask him about that. Um, so anyways... Um, hello, Dr. Karam. Could you please introduce yourself and let the people know what you want them to know? Greetings, peace and light, peace and light. Um, how are you today? Uh, <laughs> doing good. How wonderful, are you? wonderful. I am doing my best. Uh, my name is Dr. Karam. I'm Dr. Karam Ellis. Um, I have the, the founder of the Kalu Academy and Early Development Center as well as the founder of the Kalu Global Curriculum Initiative. Also the founder of the Temple of Human Spirituality, as well as the author of uh, 39 books. My focus is curriculum, it's education, it's the youth, it's our future, um, also the revitalization of the village. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, and, and like I said, this is exactly why I reached out to Dr. Karam, because like he said, um, he has a whole, he created a whole curriculum um, for our children. And, you know, I was able to, he sent me a video. I'm definitely going to post, and wait, is that public? Is that a public link that I'm able to post so people can um, understand? It's an unlisted you, link. Okay. So if you post it, you know, people will be able to see it. So okay, it'll yeah. be able to be posted. Yeah, so I will share that in the description so you guys can get a better understanding of his curriculum. And of course, we'll talk about it more in this episode. But first, because when I first reached out to Dr. Karam, I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about education and mentoring, you know, because that's so important in our community. And he's like, uh, okay, but don't say mentoring because of the etymology of the word. So could you explain 
what is the etymology of mentor and why we should not use it? Um, there are a lot of words that um, we use, especially within like the conscious community circles and uh, more the enlightened, that because of the, the comfort that we have that we have with the English language that we don't really mm -hmm. pay attention to the origins of words. Mm -hmm. uh, when you start looking at certain words, you start realizing that their etymology and, and, and this is important. The meaning of a word is not necessarily the focus. It's the energy that the word originated with. So when you look up the word, the mentor, and you look at the etymology and the history of the word, mm -hmm. the original mentors were those Europeans who would, um, they would, they would create relationships with young boys and mm. their mentoring involved them, you know, uh, molesting those boys. Mm -hmm. That was actually like, literally it was like a title or position that they had. That's what they, that's what their job was. So mm. when they would send the boys off to be mentored, sending them off, be kind of inducted into some of these um, crazy rites and, and rites of passage that the that the um, Greeks and Romans and stuff like that, that they were responsible for doing. So we pick up on things and we say, well, we'll take the nice part of mentoring, just like we just like the word queen, just like the word fun, the word nice, all these words, they, they have really dark origins. And, you know, people always say, well, that's just not, that's not what I mean. Right, but the, right. the word still carries the it still carries the energy of its origin. Have to understand that. So they're being used hmm. against us all the time. Okay. And I do understand, you know, definitely that in the past they used, they, it may have been used for something different, but is, do we not have the power to change the energy of a word? We have the power to change the energy of, of, of everything. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you change the energy of something, you have to be careful that you're not changing the energy of it to you personally as opposed to changing the energy of it to better you and what we we generally end up doing is we change words and meanings of words to suit our ego to suit our uh personal um desires and we say we want i want this word to mean this because mm -hmm. it falls in line with the things that i'm doing mm -hmm. but if the energy of the word is speaking to this then the energy of the word is going to always come because that's what it's about it's energy mm -hmm. energy mm -hmm. is something that you can't destroy mm -hmm. we can repolarize it the best way to repolarize an energy, especially energy like the English language, is to stop using it. Hmm. Best okay. way. Uh, yes. Okay. So look, 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 look at that. We already learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you say besides what would which which word should we use instead of mentoring? Well, when I deal with the youth, I use, you know, I use guidance. You know, mm -hmm. um, I can counsel youth um room. You know, I, you know, I, I, you have to be careful because a lot of those words you got to, when you start looking up the etymology, it, 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 it kind of limits it. Yeah. But yeah. ideally what ends up happening is you realize that it's not a, it's not a, a matter of, of finding a word that fits that term or fits that description. It's mm -hmm. understanding that we have to restore the village because mm -hmm. in the village, the village had all of the components that they've singularized, singularized to make job descriptions so there's the person who is the mentor and there's the person who is the counselor and there's the mm -hmm. person who is the you know so it's like but within the village you know everybody had a role but everybody's role was based around the betterment of the village for everybody mm -hmm. 
So it wasn't just this, this, these children over here and, and, you know, yeah. concept like no child left behind. Those things came about as a result. That was like already, it just automatically happened. It, it, it was a, it was the result of the destruction of our, of our village. Oh. You know, they, mm -hmm. you, they were targeted attacks. When you look historically at what has happened to us, mm -hmm. there were, there were targeted attacks to destroy the essence of who we were, mm -hmm. who we are as, as, as just melanated people. Mm -hmm. Why? Because in order for an unnatural being to be comfortable here, they have to make the environment unnatural for them. Mm -hmm. And everybody, everyone that resides in that environment has to exist in a state of unnatural, un unnaturalness in order for them to be comfortable. So the, the, the fight and the battle is literally just to keep us in this unnatural environment. Mm -hmm. So they have to destroy the essence of who we are because the essence kept trying to pull us back together and kept trying to get us to move as a family, as a village, as a, as a unit. Mm -hmm. And that was that was counterproductive to their unnatural environment. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to things that are necessary for the children, um, two two parents, a mother and a father, is not enough to raise a child. That's why mm -hmm. they say it takes a village. Mm -hmm. um, but they make us focus on what they call nuclear families, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not which is not an indigenous term for us in terms of family, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of that our family was always the village. Right. Like the whole community, when, like the whole neighborhood. It was right. But you know, even those words, neighborhood and community, those words were created as synonyms because neighborhood, yeah, neighborhood is a sanitized version of community. Mm -hmm. And community is a watered down version of village. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, it's, and, and the reason we say that is because within our communities, there are mechanical village components. And the mechanical village components just mean village components that are not that are not maintained, that don't originate with us. Mm -hmm. So you live in a community and there is a recreational center. We didn't build right. that center. That's a government funded center. Right. There's a, a, a public school. Mm -hmm. There is numerous amounts of churches. Mm -hmm. There are uh, businesses that are focused on either draining the community of their 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 um, hard, you know, uh, hard earned wages mm -hmm. or businesses that are de are designed specifically to keep us at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. All of these are um mechanical village components now if the if the true village existed then everything that we needed would come from us we would educate our children we would take care of our elders we would be the ones responsible for our own spirituality mm -hmm. even in commerce we would be responsible so nobody in the village would have to worry about struggling to survive and everyone else from outside of the village would come and they would they would uh, purchase from our village and what they would purchase from our village would make sure that the entire village was together. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a mindset that we haven't had literally in hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So in order to begin to get back to that, there are specific things that we need to do. So the grooming and the counseling of the youth is just one of the components of the village, right. but it's still incomplete because I can, yeah. I can counsel, I can guide youth and guide them right into the hands of the enemy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is what we've seen have been doing for the last three, four or five generations. Mm. You know, preparing them to survive in a world that was not created for them. That's, that's going true. to take them and utilize, yeah, it's going to utilize them for, for what they have and drain them dry and then leave them. 
leave them leave them as a dead leaf in the forest that's very true <laughs> that's true like a lot of uh people who counsel uh or guide children um it's like you you can only tell them as much as you know so if you you know if you if you like well this is what i gotta do so this is what you gotta do and this talk you know and if you're not aware that we can have other steps as did you saying which is us basically getting back to self-sufficient communities within our own black communities you know then yeah we would basically be taking them down the, the wrong path but with what's funny is uh, with the youth they not with the they not with the stuff like they they want to do their own thing they are like they are not listening to what the other people have to say if it doesn't make sense if they don't want to do it they're not going to do it you know they mm, that has been a pattern yeah mm -hmm. that has been a pattern for generations yeah you know yeah. when I, when i was a youth you know the the only the only difference is that now um western society has, has has gotten so good at distracting us that all they do is they create new 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 hallways for us to go down we say i'm not with that then they'll say well what about these hallways we'll think mm -hmm. those hallways are for our betterment but they've been created as just like side you know just just to lead us all back like to what? the purpose are of their curriculum so when i was coming up and i was a youth Mm -hmm. the those of us who was like yeah i don't like this you yeah. know we, we you know going against society mm -hmm. you know our our options were like you know we can join some kind of movement or you know some conscious community or something like that mm -hmm. there were a few master teachers and things that were out that we had opportunities to study under mm -hmm. um but then there was also hip-hop yeah i would you know i'm from the you know the generation where hip-hop was born right we had an opportunity to go into hip hop and do something positive to, to but they came in and took over hip hop. Mm -hmm. so hip hop started to go in a very disagreeable direction. That's what they began to promote. So that mm -hmm. became when, when at one point it was an option for us to, to go towards to get away from this. Then it became just another pathway to get back into this. They were they were in control of it. Mm -hmm. um, so this generation now. There's so many digital distractions and and music distractions. You know, you got social media, which is a huge thing. Yeah. So yeah. we, you know, we we sometimes we use that as an um as an avenue to try to escape. We'll create something on social media, spread a message, and generally what we we become we become like a um uh, a, a modern day whistleblower. Start you know sharing information and we start sharing truth. So we make ourselves a target. When you make yourself a target, then you know it, it depends on how dangerous of a target you are. If you're not really a threat, you know, if you're saying stuff that like everybody knows or it's not really a big secret anymore, mm -hmm. then you know they'll let you do your, and 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 let you do. But what they'll do is they'll they'll promote your vanity, but they'll you know they'll give you a level of fame yeah. and whisper and whisper, and eventually you'll start looking at yourself as as a hey, like, start oh, looking yeah. down on a very yeah yes, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to help right but if you're if if you're spreading something that that literally is sensitive information they don't want out you know then they'll come and they'll start mm -hmm. you know knocking at your door mm -hmm. so everything boils down to curriculum mm -hmm. so western curriculum is six thousand about six thousand years old 
They've had that much time to work on a vehicle. The etymology of curriculum is fast chariot. So they've had that much time to work on a vehicle to take information and towards a destination of their choosing. He who controls the curriculum controls the destination of the future. Mm-hmm. What was their initial destination? It was world domination. That was their destination. Mm-hmm. So every time we get into their vehicle, no matter what we think we're doing, mm-hmm. we're headed to their destination. Mm-hmm. So at some point, we're going to either conform and start contributing, mm-hmm. or we're going to be attacked. We're going to be thrown out of the vehicle, and we're yeah. going to be trying to find a way to jump back on the vehicle. The whole, you know, and it's it's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. But so when I realized that it's not the information. Because we can find information everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the information is actually a problem now because everybody has access to any kind of information. Right. It's, it's so there's no much. more. There's no more ritual. Yeah. There's no more. There's no more ritual. There's no more initiation. Mm-hmm. There's no more earning the right to know, which is something yeah. that was really common with us in our indigenous heritage. So now, there's an old uh, phrase. They say casting pearls to swine. Mm-hmm. So, so like I say, it's a lot of blinged up pigs around walking around today mm-hmm. because they had no I no they had no no business having access or gaining access to specific information, and they mm-hmm. have it and they're sharing it with everybody, or they're they're reinterpreting it or misinterpreting it, or they're trying to hide it or destroy it, which is exactly what happened in our in, in our story. Mm-hmm. So the key in all of this is curriculum. So we have to create a structure a vehicle, a fast chariot, so that we can begin to control where our future head. We don't want our children to keep following the same madness that we had to follow, right. that our parents had to follow, right. that their grandparents, you know, so right. and it goes exactly. back generations mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. So we want to break that cycle. So how do you break that cycle? You know, and, and this is just from, you know, from 20 years of work, mm-hmm. I realized that like I said, it don't, it does, it don't, it doesn't really matter what we know or how much mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. What matters is what we can do with what we know and how much of it can we do together. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because yeah. most of the, most of us in, the, in our communities, we know a lot, yeah. but we are not willing to work with each other. Mm. And when we are, it has to be, it, there has to be um, selfish benefits. Like everyone has motive. Mm. I joined this group because this group is going to give me this, mm-hmm. or I'm going to try to take from this group this, mm-hmm. or I'm going to try to make this group do this. Mm-hmm. But we, there's no longer any true allegiance like it was in the seventies and the sixties yeah. mm-hmm. when we first started becoming like that, that, that first boom of, of, of black consciousness, mm-hmm. when, when that, that scared the hell, the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, we got to make sure this don't happen no more. <laughs> it kept happening. But by the time they got a hold of it, they were able to control it. So when we have yeah. a black consciousness boom, they're right there with it. So now mm-hmm. you see when we we standing up and we're doing we're on, in public places talking about black rights and Black Lives Matter, and we're talking mm-hmm. about consciousness. Some that you got you got Europeans standing there right with us, mm-hmm. and they they you know fighting the cause and they're speaking out about us and they're they're like, hey, we can't you know I'm tired of this and this and that. And we're looking at that as like, oh, a change is coming. Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> All that means is that they tired of themselves. Mm. No, they're like, we're tired of this. We've been doing this for <laughs> 6,000 years and we tired. You know, we see oh, the man. damage that we've done to the planet. We've yeah. seen the damage that we've done to humanity. Mm-hmm. And we just tired. And with us, 
we're still trying to we we're still trying to gain their approval yeah yeah we want them to come into public venues and tell the world how powerful we are and how beautiful right. we are and how right because if they validated that means something right mm -hmm. which shows who controls the curriculum mm -hmm. we control the curriculum we control the validation mm. and this just my, goes... our children go ahead yeah this just goes into it just like you said everything nothing is really a separate thing everything is really it's really all connected and so um so before i get into all the things that i'm thinking right now i want to tell my uh experience with education and then i want you to go into yours and then you know just your journey of creating the curriculum and where you're at now with it um okay. so my experience is um like you said when i graduated high school um like you said i was one of those kids that was like Mm, I don't want to do the regular thing. Like, what else am I going to do? And I was also, you know, like, I thought pretty practical because I saw examples of people not knowing how to handle their money correctly. So I was like, okay, so I'm not going to college to take out these loans just so I could be in debt. So, you know, even though I didn't necessarily agree with the military, I said, I'm going to just go ahead and go in it to use it so I can get the money, you know, so I can use that for the education resource. At the time I had asthma, I didn't know the whole trick of not to put on your thing. You, you had asthma, so I put it up there. I was went to the whole thing, and of course, they didn't accept me. But everything works out for it, you know, in the end. So anyways, I didn't go through the military. So I ended up going to college. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's degree. And again, I was like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do the regular route. What am I going to do? So I... Um, Hold on, let me put it on my laptop. So I uh, studied or went abroad. Okay. So I found, again, Where'd I've you always... Go? <laughs> so again, I've always loved children and uh, just education. Am I moving slow? Because it looks like I am on my side. Yeah, I'm a little slow. <laughs> am I back now? <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. You good? Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I found teaching abroad, and my first place that I went to was South Korea because that's like the most popular place to start teaching abroad. So I went to South Korea. Amazing experience. If you follow my YouTube, you see me talk about. It. Um, and then after that, I went to Indonesia. Um, and again, but the, through these experience, I was able to learn how much I enjoy teaching. I really was. And it really did, like, not, don't get me wrong. I loved my Korean and my Indonesian children. I love them, you know, like, but at the same time, I was like, I want to give this to the children in my community, you know? And so I was like, um, so, and also, but so when I came back, so when I came back, I was like, okay, I want to get into education, but how? Because I was thinking about going back to school to become a professor. And I was like, I cannot honestly, I cannot honestly like fully commit myself to that because I just know, first of all, I'm not going to school for all of those years. That's first. Second, <laughs> second. I know that's right. <laughs> second, 
the whole college thing, I don't even agree with it. I don't agree with us going into debt for information that we don't need to go into debt for. Like, it's just, it doesn't, it didn't make any sense, you know? So, but again, so then that was one of the reasons why I started this YouTube channel and everything, because I just, I like to share information. I always have questions, you know? Um, and so, and I'm always just sharing information with people. So I was like, what? It, it just makes sense, you know? And so that is my uh, journey with education. And obviously I'm still figuring it out. Um, but tell us about your journey within education and everything that you learned and how you are where you are now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> in, in, I always say my journey started with something that happened to me in eighth grade. And even before then, because it was it was how my, I was raised, how my parents raised me, and particularly the things that my mother did with me. Mm -hmm. um, it really gave me a, a, a strong desire to interact with with the natural things in, in the world. It made dirt amazing to me, rocks were amazing, looking up at the sky. Mm -hmm. As a child, she made those things really amazing to me. And um, but in eighth grade, I, I went to a school. I, uh, I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And um, when I when I graduated from eighth grade, I came home and I went to a um, kind of a magnet school. So it was a pretty good school. But I just I got lazy because I was mm -hmm. so excited to go to school. Um, by fifth grade, I was completely bored with it. Mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, I graduated and I had some F's on my report card. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it was because of the school I went to, I still had, I could have done a lot more high school wise. Mm -hmm. I just did, I was just, it just wasn't interesting to me no more. Yeah. Um, I got in trouble with my father. And after that, I went to ninth grade and I was not ranked number one out of 314 students. So after that, I realized it wasn't hard yeah you know do the working but i still was just like it's got to be something else mm -hmm. um by the time i was 16 i was introduced to my spiritual education mm -hmm. my parents i started that journey when i started that journey that really opened me up i i really saw how un i saw unnecessary a lot of the components of western education was when i was young mm -hmm. but as i got older i started to to Get more into my spirituality. I got more into cultural awareness. I got more into um, general consciousness, mm -hmm. and I started to master. I started to go through the schools of religion, mm -hmm. and I ended up going through those schools. And I graduated. You know, I got a doctorate in comparative study of religion. Mm -hmm. But I, but it was unique how I got my doctorate because I didn't do it through like the standard where you go and you go to college, you go. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, mine was literally hands-on. So I was a Muslim and I evolved through that school. I was a, a Hebrew and I evolved through that school. I was a Christian mm -hmm. and I evolved through that school. Right. As I'm going through these different schools, I'm realizing everything is about going through schools in life. Mm -hmm. I said, but how is this going to translate to the younger generation? Yeah. Are they going to have to go through the same thing? Right. So I made a vow because at, at, by 18, by 18, I was fluent in Arabic because of my school of, of 
thought we my, I was raised a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, my children are going to speak Arabic as their language when I started having children. Yeah. By the time I was 22, through my spiritual studies, I was introduced to a language that was a resurrection of a 25,000-year-old language spoken in the southern region of Egypt, which is in the Sudan area, um, in the areas of Mero and Napata. The language was Meratic or Napatan or uh, Cuneiform was one of the names for it. So it was one of the it was a, the common spoken language during the time where, the, where if you might have heard of Medunetir, mm -hmm. um, which was an Egyptian language, uh, more of a spiritual language for ceremony and ritual. Mm -hmm. So the Cuneiform was like the, the common language that was spoken during the time. So I, I learned that language and. It was not hard because I, I was coming from a background of Arabic. And by 24, when my first son was born, that was the language that he spoke. Mm -hmm. So um, my second son was born a little over a year later. I, I kept that energy going. By the time six months had passed after my first son was born, I had conditioned myself to not speak English to him, to my children. So I carried seven children so um by the time i was by the, by the time my sons were like two it was like around 1999 Mm -hmm. And we were talking about education and the youth and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was, I had these ideas cause I had worked in like public schools by mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this is, this, this ain't working. I was in the principal's right. office more than the students, you know, <laughs> I was assisting, I was assisting things like that. And I was like, I can't do this. They was like, yeah. you should go ahead and get your praxis and get your degree. And I was just like, yeah. no, I'm not for that. No. Right. <laughs> so, um, talking to my mother and we had come up with a, a, a concept where we can go ahead and, um, start. I, you know, with daycare and then kind of evolve it. Mm -hmm. I was excited about that. And the next day she ended up going to the hospital and she passed away. And I was just wow. like, I was stuck for literally a year. Yeah. Um, when I finally got myself back together, mm -hmm. started writing books, but I started and I homeschooled my children by 2005. Um, I had started a home school association. So we had traveled from Georgia and I went back to Chicago. I had met a brother in his family and his three children became a part of our association. And mm -hmm. all of us end up moving back to Georgia. Mm -hmm. In maybe six months, I was running a home, an academy out of mm -hmm. my house. Mm -hmm. About 30 children. Mm -hmm. In doing this, about 2007 doing this i started realizing that like biggest issue is that parents always worry about what their children is learning mm -hmm. only because they're told to worry about what their children they're not really concerned but if somebody comes and says your child should know this 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 by this age and if they don't know that then something is wrong with them yeah that conditioning has been in us for, for generations and i start yeah. realizing um, all of that stuff that I was supposed to know by those ages, I don't even use the majority of that stuff. <laughs> so what was the point? Yeah. And that's when that's what led me to start researching curriculum. 
And when I realized, when I came across, like I went to the etymology and I started studying like, man, these words, they're really getting us. And I really already knew the English language was, 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 was just not good for us. Mm -hmm. I was like, we, we need something while we are figuring out what we're going to do about the language. I already yeah. knew a language, I, you know, cause we, I, we already had language, yeah. but we were speaking our language. I had like almost 30 children speaking this language mm -hmm. just because we had an environment where the language lived, mm -hmm. but the education part, like I, I started working on curriculum. Yeah. And as I worked on curriculum, I realized I didn't need a bunch of information. I just needed basics and the basics within a structure, everything else would come. Mm -hmm. And with the with with the internet coming becoming a, a really big thing, you know, in the two thousand, the nineties, and the two thousands, I'm like, we have access to all the information we need. What's the problem? The problem is the vehicle, and I started working specifically on creating a structure that will allow us, as an indigenous people or descendants of the of the indigenous of the planet, that will allow us to um, prepare our future our way. It didn't matter what, it, what, you know, what school of thought you came from. I would just explain to people, I say, look, let me know what you know. And I'll put it in our curriculum structure and I will authenticate you. So now your body of knowledge, we teach our children or if mm -hmm. adults come through to learn it, you certify them. Mm -hmm. so you ain't got to go nowhere. Well, let me go back to school. They're like, no, we can start the process of certifying and degreeing our own. When we do that, that changes a lot. And I started realizing how powerful it was. And I had a conversation with a college professor. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I, I met him through, met him through somebody that I knew. Mm -hmm. And I happened to show him one of my manuals, my curriculum uh, workbooks. And he looked at it, you know, and it was, it was like in the early stages. So it didn't have a lot of information, mm -hmm. but it was, a, it was a very specific structure. He looked at it and he looked at me and he said, it's, son, I don't think you know what you have. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, well, well, tell me what I have, you know? Right, like, right, right. No. And uh, he said, did you, he said, you have something so powerful here. He said that I can't touch it. He gave it back to me. He said, the only thing I can do to it is mess it up. He mm -hmm. said, because I've been programmed into this Western way of thought. Mm -hmm. He said, please keep doing what you're doing. He said, because what you have is literally a solution for us as a people. And that stuck with me. And I was just like, what? You know, like that, that you know, I wasn't expecting it to be all of that. Mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to give him some, give him to give me some critique. Right. And when he said that, I was just like, okay. So I, it made me understand what I really had. Right. And I started working on it. And I went from having subjects that, you know, we were taught in Western education. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, we don't even need to have the same subjects. We need to have subjects that are geared around building a kingdom. Yeah. So it, it only makes sense. Why not teach our children the things that they need to know when they reach our age so that they can just carry the jobs that we were already doing further. Mm -hmm. And it made sense. And I started looking at our organizations and I started seeing how the organizations had all of this, this uh, pomp and circumstance about what they were teaching and their message and, how powerful they were for, for the community and the, and the potential, so on and so forth, but their children were still going to public school. Mm -hmm. I said, so you're, you're not even preparing your children for this. Right. So why exactly are we doing this? Right. And it started, it started to show, I was like, okay. So now I started putting together the curriculum and it began to evolve. 
and it's and the curriculum itself spoke to me and it said now you need to govern yourself and through this curriculum you can create a system of government that will allow us to not only teach our children and teach our future our way but also govern ourselves and put us in a position globally so that we can move as a true indigenous body of people as our own nation mm -hmm. i was just like whoa that's a lot mm -hmm. and I, I i tried to run from it you know i i'm not gonna front i tried to run a few times yeah and they had to be like they cornered me like all right you keep doing this we're gonna we got something for you and i was yeah. like okay i don't want that so i got to work and it evolved and it was a beautiful evolution mm -hmm. it showed me that the curriculum our vehicle our chariot mm -hmm. it, our destination is back to balance yeah in harmony with nature yeah. Harmony with ourselves, harmony with the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's our destination. But then, then it said, well, what's the best way to do that in terms yeah. of governing ourselves? Mm -hmm. and I was like, um, you know, and I, I was like, well, well, what? And they was like, it has to be, the matriarch has to do it. Our mothers have to do it. Mm -hmm. We don't say Father Earth, we say Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. So that would mean now we need a declaration. We need a constitution. We need certain things that it takes to build a nation just simply because we're inside of nations now mm -hmm. in order to, to 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 determine ourselves we have to have something in writing mm -hmm. so the curriculum literally guided my pen to writing all of this stuff when i sat back and i realized what i had i was just like i'm gonna present this to you know what i'm saying like I, yeah who i tell this like who right. <laughs> So, people need to know <laughs> people need to know i said but i can't just go and just blabber it i can't i can't go on the, on the mountaintops and like because that's our biggest problem we we get yeah. information and we start telling everybody yeah. and we end up telling the wrong people mm. so okay so in the process of putting all of that together a lot of uh, a lot of things came into my awareness in terms of just how we're going to have to deal with humans yeah, um, yeah. our people are going to come they're not going to all be our people, um, but we have to have a filtering system. Mm -hmm. You can't just come. You can't. I got a, a tub of clean water that we're going to drink from, and you're going to walk in from having played in the mud and just dive in the tub. No, we can't. We can't do that. Yeah. But we need a filtering system that allows us to not only filter ourselves, but get ourselves to a point so that now we are not at odds with our environment. Um. But we are also preparing to put ourselves in a position to where the environment doesn't affect us adversely anymore. Mm -hmm. So you think about the things that we talk about in our communities that we that our issues are. Mm -hmm. You know, we got we got uh, abuse in our homes. Mm -hmm. We have single single parent homes struggling. Mm -hmm. Financial have, instability. We find financial instability. We have you know police violence. You know mm -hmm. violence. And, that, and it's really just government violence upon us because it's not, not just the police, it's, you know, it's the psychological and the social violence that we experience all the time. Right. We've become dependent mm -hmm. upon everybody but ourselves. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like we got all these different things. So we need to address those, but we don't need to address them as individual things. Like what's the solution to all of that? And the solution is simple. It's the village. Mm -hmm. How do we restore the village? 
because like you hear people talking to village all the time yeah my village got my back and my and it's like no that's that's not a village that's just people who support you yeah that's not your village because yeah. if it was your village then one we wouldn't have to make public announcements about things you know we wouldn't have to say my village came and and, and looked out and like like who are you telling this? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why do Right. Right. Who needs to know? Exactly. And, and, but again, that's how they got us distracted. With social media, we think we have to tell everybody everything. Mm, I marketing hate that. Yeah. Marketing yeah. is a big deal. We got to go, we, you got to, you got to put it in front of people. You got to let people know. You got to, and it's like, really? We do? Right. Who? Right. For what? For what? Because right. what are you gaining, honestly? Right. And it, exactly. So it's like, um, what what that does is it allow it gives everybody access to mm -hmm. your essence. Mm -hmm. Um, and if everybody has access, everybody that's coming through, it's not for the benefit of your essence. That's when you get drained. Mm -hmm. That's when you gotta oh I gotta go and I'm, now I'm gonna take a vacation, pump myself with these stimulants so that I can get away. Mm -hmm. Then I don't want to come back right. because now I've pumped myself full of these stimulants, mm -hmm. vacation stimulants, and you know, and vacation is literally just to vacate, it's to leave. Mm -hmm. But when we go on vacations, we're not going to places where our indigenous people are. We're going on vacations where they set up. Mm. You got Western curriculum vacations. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the resort. You go to the resort that's on the uh, that's on oh, the yeah. edge of the of the place of the country that you right. stay. And then you say, right. I went I went to Jamaica. <laughs> right. No, you, you did didn't. not experience that place <laughs> at all. Exactly. Was, you didn't go to really Jamaica. Comfortable. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> right. So and that's and that's how we get caught up into their stuff and that's yeah. how why it's so easy for them to keep us at odds with each other yeah we literally can get to a point where we vibrate at the same frequency so that we don't even have to speak to each other because mm -hmm. we're doing we, we're doing so much work mm -hmm. and that's the one of the steps that you get towards telepathy which mm -hmm. is one of our higher senses that they try to act like it was a fantasy like oh that's right. not that's like what they believe no and no, look, that literally... look, 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 this is something that I have that I learned from traveling. Literally, when you don't speak the same language, you have to find other ways to communicate. So just with body language or like eye contact or just just like you don't even really have to. Like you said, just you don't even really have to say nothing. They already know. And then, you know, you know, and it just be like, how, but how do you know? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. And people who are in tune, like any languages, like I said, the English language is the only language that natural state vibrates at a negative frequency mm. um only time the english vibrates positively is when it's sung why they push gospel music on us mm -hmm. because we're the singers mm -hmm. also why the english-speaking population has the most the largest uh population of of tone deaf or non-singing people you mm -hmm. can go to a country in africa and the entire city can sing because <laughs> their language stimulates their vocal cords mm. and they're, they're awakened yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like mm -hmm. it's, it's stuff like that that we don't really pay attention to because we're so caught up in what the english language represents to us it represents us knowing things we mm -hmm. think we know some stuff yeah now mm -hmm. you know this is my body of knowledge i'm aware of these things so if i take that away if i say well look we can't speak english in here mm -hmm. and you may feel like i've stolen something from you i've taken something for you and you're gonna be upset you're gonna have an issue you're gonna be fidgeting and you're like man i can't do this no more and it's like <laughs> but that's a filter right Right. That's a filter. Right. Man, I can't believe how much that we've covered already. Um, so <laughs> I but I want you to talk specifically, just go into a little bit again, because I'm going to post the link 
where you go into depth about the curriculum, but just go into a little bit of some of the classes that are for the children and um, yeah, what what people can can gain from it. Um, and, and also what, because it, it's not for everybody, like you said, so what, I guess, what criteria are you looking for for people to be a part of it? That's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. The major criteria is I'm looking for someone who hired a Western curriculum. Mm -hmm. In order for you to be hired a Western curriculum, you have to understand what it really is, what it represents. You don't. You can't just be tired of, of, you know, what's being done to us as a people. Or tired of, you know, what I'm saying you have to be tired of Western curriculum. Um, I'm looking for people who will take a certification course along with their children. Mm -hmm. They can be certified mm -hmm. as well in the curriculum and the principle of how it works towards nation building. Mm -hmm. I want people who are who are practical nation builders, not conversational nation builders mm -hmm. you know people we can talk nation building all day and all night mm -hmm. but i want people who read who like okay well what do we need to do well, right. we can do this and this and if we do these things we can literally start creating resources for ourselves just by doing these things okay mm -hmm. well let's do them mm -hmm. once we do that and we generate resources and create a space then we can come and talk about the next thing mm -hmm. till then no talkie um <laughs> the actual curriculum is, is not it's is not based on grades uh, we have a system of sashes, mm -hmm. uh, three sashes for the educational uh, aspect and three sashes for the adults. Um, we have 19 subjects. The 19 subjects, again, are based upon uh, concepts of nation building. So uh, subjects are like uh, language, culture, and education, science and technology, production and architecture and design, waste management. Um, textiles, fabrics and textiles, military and uh, security, you know, so it's like these are things that are necessary mm -hmm. that, you know, you need to put in place. If you're going to call yourself a nation or if you're going to move like a nation and function like a, a kingdom. So um, the, the subjects are pillars um, and in the pillars, each level, each sash level. So there are six sashes. Each sash level has nine keys that you have to master and the keys represent the ritual that we want to bring back into education. So um, are you acquire a key and you initiate it into the next key. Once you complete nine keys in a pillar, you move to the next dash. Um, in the keys, you have minor keys. They're called activity keys. Mm -hmm. And those keys allow you us to break down the curriculum as far as we need to break it. Mm -hmm. So you might have a concept that, that may seem that's general on a surface and then we get into there and we start getting the minor keys and we start, okay, we break this down. So if I go over these seven keys here, then these eight keys and then these, and then it'll lead up to just this one key. Mm -hmm. I've mastered that information. That's based upon us actually putting energy into the development of that curriculum. Mm -hmm. That's why that's important. So it's like our curriculum now is like a nice shiny wagon with wheels that you pull. Mm. Eventually, we want we have to, with us implementing and putting components within the curriculum, that wagon now it starts to evolve, and eventually mm. it becomes a vehicle. Next, thing you know, it's a it, it's a, a shiny, beautiful, long transport vehicle that we can get in comfortably, and we can ride to ride towards our destination. 
Mm -hmm. So the curriculum components is designed so that we can restore ritual and ceremony back into the, the process of education. It's, but um, but big thing is we want to create a balance when it comes to actual learning. So mm -hmm. We want to be right brained and left brain, not just mm -hmm. left brain. Mm -hmm. Want to be linear thinkers. Linear thinkers grow up and they start having they they, they don't pay attention to the um side effects from just being linear coming up. So they be having like chemical imbalances and mm. they can't process well or they have social anxieties and they start mm. coming up with all these phobias and stuff. So mm. because you've only been allowed to use that one side of your brain, the mm. other side is going to wither away. We start using both sides. Now we got the creative aspect of it. Intuitive right. side of us, right? right? Because uh, the, some of the math that we teach is intuitive math, and, and that's intuitive also math, yeah. um, balancing your masculine and feminine energy too. That goes with yes. Mm -hmm. We say that's that's exactly why we say balance. Because and and in uh, I I generally say that, but sometimes I just kind of like hold back on even saying that balancing masculine and feminine energies. Because there's so much toxic masculine energy in the yeah. world today. Yeah. Like most people don't realize there are two patriarchs that are moving around the world. There mm -hmm. are the patriarchs who descended from the original indigenous of the planet mm -hmm. who have been made sick. And then there's an alien patriarch mm. who is responsible for creating this unnatural environment space that we call cities and towns and, and municipalities and localities and regions or whatever. Mm. And they they've created that so that an unnatural people can be comfortable mm -hmm. but they've poisoned the patriarchy the true patriarchy mm -hmm. which is why those who are in the of the true patriarchy have to come together and start building those sacred spaces where our matriarchs can go in and start turning themselves inside out mm -hmm. and restoring themselves to that divine again and then mm -hmm. they'll reach out and they'll start fixing us mm -hmm. right and something that i want to say on this is that is so true because what y'all will see sometimes what we will see sometimes is like men um who express them the toxic masculinity kind of they think that they are doing something helpful for our community but they're following the same steps that the white men did to 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 us you know and so yep. it's like they're 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 creating the same type of it's also not healthy obviously and then, but, and then what's sad is because so many, um, especially I think there are more, more young boys who don't have proper guidance. I don't know this actual statistic. I just know when I talk to different mentoring programs or I'm sorry, guidance programs, they're like, um, they're like, uh, you know, we need more male mentors and, right. um, so because a lot of the young boys don't have that guidance, they are going what to music, to YouTube, you know, to social media. And right. those influences are not, we already know that they're not healthy. I mean, if you're on the YouTube streets, okay, well, I'm not going to call out anybody. Okay. I'm not going to do that, but I'm just saying, y'all know there are some people who are right. guiding even guys my age who who still don't know and and they're following you know um these people because they don't know who else to go to so it's just it's just it's just so so needed and obviously our young girls you know and and we could talk about that all day about about like you said this is just a part of the conversation part i just had to add that in there um yes 
And so, yeah, so like you said, getting to the practical part, um, one step that we can do is, again, creating our own, our own curriculums, our own ways, our own. Um, we have ways. to become the masters of maintaining, creating and maintaining our own spaces. Right. Yeah. That, that's that that that's multi-leveled. Mm-hmm. If you create a space, you can build it. You can you can you can get a room and say this is my room and you can put stuff in that room and you can be like I'm, I'm but if you are not responsible for the walls that made that room up the floor and the ceiling that made that room the electricity that's running through the walls if you're not responsible for all of that then someone has a back door into what you're trying to do yeah so yeah. curriculum allows us to build those spaces without any um intrusion from any alien or outside forces mm-hmm. some master of those spaces creation of spaces again that's when we'll start seeing that change and it'll it'll be it'll happen because nature is forcing an evolution in us yeah but while she's forcing an evolution in us energy from the last six thousand year cycle is trying to struggle to stay alive Mm -hmm. but it's throwing Mm -hmm. everything out and the only thing they can do now is delay it by creating distractions yeah and if they if they delay it long enough then mother earth is going to get rid of everything Mm. everybody I kind of want to stick around and watch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to see her get rid of the cancer that mankind has become. Mm. You know? mm. You're part of working to build something new as a beneficial bacteria to her. Yeah. I definitely say, man, this is a this is a wonderful life. I mean, it's crazy. But a wonderful lifetime to be a part of because like what? Like what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Like ending and you know coming out of one one coming out of a of a universal cycle into a new cycle mm-hmm. is definitely something that is significant mm-hmm. and we can if we can embrace silence for a moment from that silence embrace tones that are healing to us we really can be we'll begin to see really what we have what potential we have We're not even using using 10 percent of our brains mm-hmm. so you know what I'm saying so we got to get to the point happen to that potential that we really mm-hmm. like but we have to create spaces that support it yeah yeah and that's what that's what the curriculum curriculum speaks to you after a while it'll speak to you that you know like we need more than what we think we have mm-hmm. we need yeah traveling down that path going through you know over that vicious cycle over and over again because it's it's after a while we're going to be in a position where we won't even be able to raise our babies mm-hmm. our baby women will get pregnant and those babies will be taken and immediately plugged directly into the the mechanical village mm-hmm. and and the parents and the mother will only have visiting rights mm-hmm. so they, and they've been preparing for it for a while. They've literally been, we, when we talked about this in the 70s and 80s, they thought we were crazy. Mm-hmm. People thought we were crazy. And now that they're seeing stuff like people getting uh, vaccinations and microchips yeah. putting it in and stuff like yeah. that, it was like, oh, y'all was talking about that in the 80s. And it's Back like, in, yeah. yeah. And you said we was crazy. Right. You know, I just got that book, next? Behold a uh, Behold a Pearl Horse. I haven't started reading it yet, but I heard it's a lot of, uh, a lot of what is it called foresight in that too some um... prophecies yeah mm-hmm. up, try to find a book called um 
Theathon 666. Look for a book called uh, Pale Man. Look for a book called uh, it's a few books like mm, that, that's that'll it, really yeah. like <laughs> you mm. know what to expect in the year 2000. That's another mm -hmm. good book. Mm -hmm. um, and um, just, you'll see they'd be like, oh my, like stuff has been foretold. Yeah. But also what has been foretold something that refers to what that are stuck in this this matrix they won't even be able to perceive something that's going to happen on the natural and the universal side at a higher vibration yeah so we if those of us who will be a part of that mm -hmm. we have to prepare ourselves to tune into that frequency mm -hmm. and tune into that frequency if everything around you is keeping you at a low vibrational rate yeah so we have to start creating you know what i'm saying talk about stuff like like shungite right and the, the properties of shungite and what it, what you that but more importantly what kind of spaces are we creating that when you walk in that space it immediately raises your vibrational frequency mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and that's one of our projects through the temple of human spirituality the enclosed garden project so mm -hmm. like i say we have we have literally a um a template where we can actually walk start walking who are ready for this just work in this journey mm -hmm. are walking them towards that place mm -hmm. yeah we are yeah and like i said every <clears throat> all of that sounds amazing and i didn't even say but just want to note so how i met dr karam well firstly it was that uh shout out to larry and um what's the other guy's name do you know the other guy's name <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember his name, but um, mind your biz pop up. That's where I first uh first saw him, which is good to our community. You know, a, another organist black organization that's good to our community. They have pop ups with host black businesses. But how I actually connected um with him was through Tribe Collective, and I love Tribe Collective because um they are the the. I just love them because not only do they put uh, uh, events together for businesses, but they also have so many other types of uh, events that, again, because everything is connected. So they have like meditation events. Um, they have the business ones. Um, they have the um, they have food vendors come every so often. They have like card game. Not, I mean, just uh farm trip days like i mean just things that we really need to um help us right to help us as a community um and so just you know shout out to to both of those organizations um and so like you said one curriculum that you said is uh, i mean one thing that you said to help the youth and just the community as a whole is changing the curriculum. But besides that, and you also, you know, mentioned stones. Besides that, where what else, where else can we start, you know, right now, today, to start being able to get on that frequency, to start being able to make sure that we on the right page, to make sure that we elevate when it's time to elevate. I would say, um, come talk to me about the enclosed garden project. Mm. That, that That's a perfect place to start because what it does is it gives us the opportunity to begin to work collectively on a, on a frequency elevating project 
that after the work is done, we'll look around and we'll see that we've we've created a connection with each other. Mm. We've connected at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So what that does is it, is it automatic it automatically um, stimulates the brain for us to want to do more together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's next? Yeah. You know, what's what's after, after we do the enclosed garden? What's next? Right. So the brain, <laughs> and but it's not like a what's next individually. It's yeah. like okay, well, what are we doing next? Yeah. Um, and then from the enclosed garden, we, we, we build that into um, a community revitalization center called the Kalu Center. Um, and there are specific things that are. So this center is not established to like. To, to, to be a money making. Uh, like business thing, right, this, right, this, right. This, is, this is established so that we can c- connect with our community and help our community to begin healing mm-hmm. while at the same time helping our community to 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 regain a certain amount of uh self-sufficiency a certain amount of self-reliance and self-confidence mm-hmm. um self-love and you know i mean there will be you know finances and resources that will be made but that's not right. the purpose of the center right. Right, so, right. so because it's because the center is established on another principle a higher frequency mm-hmm. it'll be just, just that much more successful right but now we got a group who've came together and they've created, um, they've built, they've built something that represents this high frequency. Now it's our job to perpetuate and protect that, which means we have to make sure that nothing happens to this. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that we, we, we work on making it better. Mm-hmm. We, we need to build 144 of these around the planet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's like, there's, so there's going to be, there'll be consistent work. Mm-hmm. And as this work is being done, we'll start to see our communities change. We'll start to see the energies that are around us change. We'll start to see the the actual um, solutions that we have access to. Right. And we'll be able to literally see like, wow, I can see a better future for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there, there, it's a process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, <laughs> you've been you've been working on it for 50, about 15 years. So thank you for sticking with it. And whoever told you to keep going. Thank you to them. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because we so needed, we so needed, and um, yeah. So for those, I'm gonna put the all the links in the description. But for those people who are just listening, um, go ahead and shout out your email and where people can connect with you. Um, I can be found in a few places. Email you can you can you can connect with me directly. It's at Dr. Karam at Yahoo. So it's D R K A R A A M. Um, at Yahoo, or you can connect with me at the Kalu Center at gmail.com. One information about the Temple of Human Spirituality that email is tohs contact at gmail.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is the Kalu Center, and on Facebook is Karam Kalu Legacy Ellis. We actually are working on a, a website for a, a number of websites, but we have uh, a, a few particular websites that we'll be working on in reference to our tribal uh, work that we're doing and um, Temple of Human Spirituality. For the educational component, contact me at the Kalu Center. Definitely watch the video. And um, we d- literally just started. We uh, we are in our first official week of orientation. We got two weeks of orientation and then the, the classes for the parents start next su- su- Sunday. If you're interested in that, Please jump on as soon as possible. (laughs) 
It went out whatever you said. Um, <laughs> the last part, the last part. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but is there anything else that you want to leave with before I close out? Sure. Um, but the first book I wrote was called The, the Human Race Bible. Mm-hmm. And the, the basic premise for that book, which is what gave birth to the Temple of Human Spirituality, is that key to success is found within. Before you do anything, stop, breathe, take a moment and respond instead of react. Mm-hmm. That is the, the uh, one of the, the basic principles helping us to become better or more beneficial part of our planet. Wonderful. I am, I have just loved this conversation and I could go on and on and on, you know, but we're going to end it here. Um, So thank you, Dr. Karam, for joining me today and blessing me and whoever is listening with the information. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, And yeah, so uh, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that you learned something new. I hope that you took something away. And like I said, please go check out the links, okay? Check out the links. Don't just listen to the conversation. Check out the links, be a part of it. Um, And remember that your refuge is in your self-healing. So please heal yourself to find your refuge, okay? Peace.